Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Hey, it's me, Margo, and Marin here. We're together. And we're going to talk about some stuff, we think. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about our worldview of midwifery from our perspective. Yeah. And where should we begin? Well, there's lots of perspectives out there. So I'd say this is for people that are curious about the work that we do or our school or maybe even for our students to get more clear on the philosophy from which they're learning. But we've been talking many hours here. This is just a snippet of the conversation um, about what is so obvious to us, which is midwifery nowadays is a confusing term. It's a confusing quote unquote profession. And so we just wanted to talk more about what we believe and where we're coming from. And people can do what they do. Yeah. They can choose what they choose. Whatever. Yeah. So I guess we could start with like, yeah, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about the word itself, midwife, and also like how a person comes to that point of calling themselves a midwife and doing what it is we do. Um, we, I, I mean, I think I can, maybe I can speak for the both. I don't know. We'll see. You can always disagree, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure on the same page here. Like I can see the uh why people have the desire to maybe not use the word midwife. Sure, Um, I've been there. Yeah, because of the way it really has been um, taken advantage of and co-opted in so many ways in recent history. And many people who call themselves a midwife don't do what it is we do. But we're not really ready to give up on the word yet either. Right. Um, Because it, I mean, I guess why? Why aren't we ready to give up on the word midwife? That's a good question. Well, because it can mean so many different things. I mean, that's true. But I think we're both at a loss for a better term, if nothing else. Yes. Uh, We've found, especially recently, that there's so much confusion over some of the other terms being used. And midwifery, I mean, our version probably take some more explanation but it's still a fitting word i still really enjoy the roots of it Mm -hmm. you know being with women um and it is something that has been around for a long time and even if we don't do midwifery the way that midwives did it a few hundred years ago like it still feels the most um the most the closest it feels like the closest term right that makes sense. And the other piece is that it's something that people understand somewhat, even if they don't 100% grasp what we do. You know, if I tell someone I'm a midwife, they get a general sense of what I'm talking about. 
Right. Even if they need further clarification. clarification. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if they meet five midwives and they're all a little different or maybe even a lot different, um, the idea remains that it's, you know, somebody who spends the birthing year with you um, and then it just looks different in, in how, in the details. Yeah. I mean, I think back to when I was a licensed midwife Mm -hmm. and that meant one thing and it of course included that word and then how after I returned my license I didn't want to use the word for a little while yeah I kind of feel like I was a little kid that got just really mad and didn't want to be associated with any of it anymore and admittedly I think there's the fear aspect that many women are working with where they're like, oh, well, I can't use that word unless I am licensed. And I don't think there's any truth to that, although I once believed it myself. So I can totally, you know, I can't fault people for going there, at least momentarily, but it feels stronger for me to have not given it up. And truly, when I was trying to avoid it, funny enough, even though I had solid midwifery training, Mm -hmm. people had no idea what I did when I used other words. What did you use? I'm trying to remember. Um, On the Anywhere site years ago, I quoted Janine Parvati Baker and her term, birthkeeper, and included her beautiful prose about what that meant to her. And I did highly identify with, you know, how that felt because I wasn't licensed. I wasn't responsible to the government. I was truly responsible to women. But as I said, when I went about using that both on the website and in person, people had no idea what I meant. And also it was a great opportunity for other midwives to sort of purposely not understand and, you know, kind of talk down to someone that would not call themselves a midwife but be attending births. So I heard all kinds of funny rumors about myself that, you know, I wasn't a midwife anymore and I was just attending unassisted births, which of course makes no sense. A lot of confusion. A lot of confusion. It wreaked kind of like havoc. Yeah. For a good amount of time. And I had like a pretty clear story up to that point. So I was able to say to people, no, look, I was trained as a midwife. You still had a CPA. <laughs> I still have those skills, but I'm not using that word. So I'll stop there. But I think that's, you know, confusing for sure. But many people are even in a more confusing situation nowadays because they don't have midwifery training and they're not quite sure what their version of midwifery is. And then on top of it, we have like confusing vocabulary. So women really don't know who or what they're hiring, I think is one problem. Yeah, and I think that's such a solid core to what we do all the time around transparency. I mean, someone recently, even like on our social platform said like, well, you know, I'm a student midwife. I tell people I'm a student midwife um, so that they're clear about what I know and what I don't know. But that's not really possible because parents have no idea. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. So they have no idea the thousand topics that are covered in a midwifery training, whether that's through a school, whether that's through an apprenticeship, whatever, through self-study, whatever it is. So they have no idea what you do or don't know because there's no way to know that. 
And not that midwife or like the label is a perfect substitute for that either. I would never argue that. But there is something to be said about claiming that word and the responsibility that comes with it and like the weight of that. Sure. And transparency, I think, is something we both try very hard for in all of the ways and makes me think even of like the informed choice document we both give to clients, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that does outline our version as best we can to them. So even very clear in that, you know, this isn't nurse midwifery. Mm -hmm. We don't have access to um, writing prescriptions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody with what they choose needs to be clear with themselves uh, as far as what that means. And I think that's sort of the problem a lot of people nowadays aren't even clear what that means to them, much less communicating it to Good anyone potential. else. Mm-hmm. Right. And then recently also, so I guess talking more about this word birth keeper, which probably deserves its own podcast at some point, <laughs> but, um, you know, we just kind of did a poll or like a, we asked on Instagram yeah. Like, what does this word mean to you? That was very interesting. It was so interesting. I don't... Maybe I could pull it up while you're chatting in a minute here, but we had everything from people saying it's a midwife who doesn't want to call herself a midwife because she's not allowed to, to it's a doula who doesn't want to call themselves a doula because the word <laughs> doula has, you know, a lot of, you know, um, you know, there's the roots, etymolo- is it etymologically, is that how you would say that even? <laughs> Um, of it meaning like slave or servant, um, and that being problematic, which I get. Um, so you have no idea, you know, so the birth keeper is kind of like this dumping ground for people without a label for themselves and literally can lost. mean anything though. Like yeah. someone actually commented that it was anyone who attends like, a birth. Yeah. Anyone that attends someone a birth. who sent us a direct message. My DMs, she slid in and she said she felt like her. <laughs> I'm in a goofy mood today. <laughs> said her three year old was a birth keeper at her birth. Right. Which, sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. Because on one fine. hand, you're not supposed to argue with anyone about their perception of, you know, their own reality and their birth. So I'm not favoring that. And in fact, in other podcasts and such, I think we've both talked about clients we've had that we've been there. We've been there as their midwife. And they and say they, they had an unassisted yeah, birth. they tell the community they had an unassisted birth. Whatever. Call your birth whatever you want. It's not about, you know, doing that to people. Um, but if you're actually the one attending a birth, I think, you know, a community for one deserves transparency there so that women can truly understand their options and everybody can just you know, do what they do best. Um, But yeah, that word is sort of horrifying nowadays, if I do say so. And it's not that it's not beautiful. It's not that, as I said, I haven't used it myself. Um, But uh, I think, you know, not sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but I think there's also a percentage of people that are just using it to hide behind because they don't have any midwifery skills or training. and you know what? That might be fine with some women, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to like midwives and sort of the bigger community to pretend like these things are the same. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. They're not the same. Yeah, and that's where it gets tricky. So 
well, I guess maybe I'll read a few of these because I did pull it up. So when we asked people what the word birth keeper meant, they said, no idea. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> a non-medical trained birth attendant? Question mark. Um, there is no definition. In my opinion, this word makes me uncomfortable. Um, I think of it as any unlicensed birth worker. So anything from doula to midwife. But, 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 but how can it mean all those things? I've never heard this, but I suppose someone to witness and hold sacred a birth. So that's where like the word does feel like, you know, it, it is honoring like the sacred piece, which is cool. And, and I totally, you know, yeah, I can see, like I said, the struggle. Well, and to give credit where credit is due, one of our lovely students, Trisha, I think very aptly pointed out on our social platform yeah. that to her it it was a philosoph it is a philosophy and like an approach and not a per it's not a thing it's not like a role it, yeah so if birthkeeper includes the sacred then anyone that Doctor Stu I right. think would be a wonderful <laughs> example of a, of a birthkeeper right. for example um, and he is a doctor um, someone else said potential as a term. For midwife, as it becomes commandeered by the legal system, um, a doula but wants to be more spiritual or holistic. Someone said, I would assume, in all caps, this is similar to a doula and someone who holds space. And someone else said, I don't know, really. I've seen doulas and midwives use it, as well as random people who are into birth. <laughs> I like that one the best. That's, that, I think that sums it up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's tricky. <clears throat> so not to just rag on that term, though. Um, but that is why I don't use it. It doesn't feel clear. It doesn't feel like my community would really like know what that meant. Um, and I don't want other people to take that word away. It feels, it feels right to me and it doesn't have to feel right to everybody. Um, but when we were kind of prepping for this, we were also saying, you know, there's kind of. I guess getting back to like how to how do we how does someone become a midwife like what if we to know what the word means we have to know how you like get there right and so we're talking about how like kind of on both sides where there's like sort of this movement I mean there's obviously the movement maybe many of you know to like over medicalize midwifery and totally kind of you know usurp it and turn it into this checkbox thing um, which we talk a lot about in many different places. And then on the other side, there's also this movement to kind of like, I don't even know what to say. What do I say? Oversimplify? Oversimplify and, um, and not just get rid of the checkbox, but also get rid of, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is both pieces are missing what we think is really like the heart of what midwifery is. Um, so that it's not oversimplified, it's not over-medicalized, but it's really based in, like, deep relationships and skill build, like skills around how to build those relationships. Yeah, and tons of experience and time spent and people listened to. Um, I think you said earlier, you know, it's like the one side, the more medicalized midwifery might deeply believe that midwives are needed in like you know an emergency sense all of the time and that's like definitely not what we're claiming uh is the most important part of midwifery which you know they would say is well you have to be there to make a birth safe a midwife makes a birth safe not saying that but then the other side of all births are already safe and there's nothing to do or know and there isn't even a way to like 
craft or navigate a prenatal time or a relationship to like enhance anyone's experience because no one's ever needed. I mean, at times it's funny to me. It's like, well, then why is anyone there at all? Mm-hmm. You know, just to from the ego standpoint of like, well, anyone can do this. It's women's work. Just sit there and watch. Why is it needed? Mm-hmm. So I think we're proposing that it's neither of those things. We're needed. We're not needed just to watch, and we're not needed to save it. But we can potentially show women how to have the most power and control over their experience with the tools that we've held together over many years. Um, which is, yeah, I guess sort of like an ancient version and, and a new version. It's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Yeah, and it's like everyone has a different balance when it when they approach it. Um, maybe some concrete examples would be helpful. You know, like I recently sp- spoke with someone who had preeclampsia with their first pregnancy um, and was considering now having an unassisted birth this time. And she was kind of asked, like, oh, are you available if I have any questions? And I thought, good God, woman. Like, (laughs) you know, she had a lot to unpack from her first experience. And I feel confident that, like, my skills and experience working with other women around eating and food and, and maybe the emotional stuff underneath all of that could really have, could really benefit her moving forward. And again, not to save anybody, but like, why go it alone for the sake of going it alone? And it goes back to like not knowing what people, you know, someone can't really know what they don't know um, and what's well, possible. Well, and there's like this miscommunication somehow that having someone involved means you give your power away, which is like a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think the version of midwifery we're hoping to represent every day is that women are still the most powerful people in their experience. And it's really a shift to imagine that they could create what they wanted with this relationship that they've chosen rather than, you know, give it all away or, as I like to say, hide in their bathroom because they're so afraid that someone's going to disrespect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what we were talking about a little bit earlier too, like thinking of your upcoming birth even, or your pregnancy, which maybe you want to say more about, but um, it's just like, you know, it's so cool. The kind of midwifery we're talking about is creative in that we don't think there's a one size fits all. And like, that's where the work comes in is how to really encourage someone to craft their own experience because maybe somebody does want lots of prenatal support um maybe they even want all the clinical stuff or maybe they want none of it and they just want to check in about how they're feeling um and then maybe they don't want you at the birth but they want you for the postpartum or maybe they only want you know what i mean so it's like so many options Uh there's so many ways it can look and it's hard to put a label on these creative experiences. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, you know, something that can confuse people. We often say, like, this wise woman model is messy because the way it looks for you wouldn't be the way mm-hmm. it looks for me. Um, to me, that's the way to go, though. Like, as a woman, as a midwife, as a mother, I don't want a label slapped on my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that means. I don't know 
if that means that I wouldn't do this thing or I wouldn't do that thing, rather than just following right. what my body and my baby want me to do. And sometimes I think if we're being wise and open to, you know, even our own consciousness, it's certainly going to include things that we might not expect. So why would we pre-label it? Why would we predetermine what we need? Because then the label starts making the decisions for you. Right. That's what I mean. The label came before the intention to like, whatever it is for you, experience pregnancy in this way, or to really listen in a different way this time, or, you know, whatever. People aren't really putting themselves first. They're putting mm-hmm. like this other thing. And I think that even applies to like the midwife birth keeper thing. Um, that's the whole birth experience is to label who was there or who wasn't there. Rather, that should be the last thing women are talking about. No, who cares, really? <laughs> who cares? You just, you know, how did you experience it? Was it powerful for you? Did you own your choices? Yeah, did it feel good to have those people there if there were people there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, autonomy at its truest, you know, comes from the inside. So, and that's when we do start sticking, like, other you know we're talking about labels and not labels and but for clarity's sake um you know using other terms in front of the word midwife because sometimes that helps make it more clear Mm -hmm. i have a whole article about it that i've been meaning to update but yeah um you know like i don't call myself a traditional midwife um but using like autonomous midwife or independent midwife um can sometimes help people understand like oh interesting there's like different kinds of midwives right and even that's not perfect, right? Because no. it's like, I feel like I've tried the traditional midwife thing and then like, nope, that doesn't really work for me. And you start to feel like, you know, a picky mm-hmm. poly, like throwing out all the terms. But I think that's just, that's just what we've chosen based on what we believe, which is midwife is enough on some days. And then a lot of days it does require so much explanation and storytelling and creative example and telling our client stories, you know, when they mm-hmm. allow us to, um, because we want people to sort of like see that different things are possible and you can't see possibility with just a term. Right. It's so limited. I mean, our, our English language is just right. not that graded or something. Mm-hmm. And videos and photos and like, yeah, those things often are so much more. Yeah useful than all the talking and the words and the right the 4d (laughs) approach Mm -hmm. you know and yeah again hearing interviews and podcasts about what it meant to people and how they created something different um we just put a birth story on our instagram today a client of mine you know who didn't just tell her birth story from my opinion but really illustrated how powerful she was in manifesting a totally different story than she had um, the first time. Um, but anyway, that's just one of many examples of women. And it's not about midwifery, actually. It's about their own power in pregnancy and birth, to which we can then, I think, also say, yes, we were the midwives. We were the midwives for these women that chose us. These were their experiences. Um, we didn't do anything when we didn't need to do it. But we also worked our own creative way to meet them where they needed to be met. And that's more important than any term that could just mean, you know, whatever, a six week course, a 12 week course. It's a huge honor. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal and responsibility. 
Well, parting words. We need more midwives. <laughs> we need more midwives with a solid vision. And, you know, if it's not our vision, we totally respect that too. Uh, develop your own. But if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing, of course, uh, we have a book on Amazon called Indie Birth, A Story of Radical Birth Love on the IndieBirthMidwiferySchool.org, which is enrolling twice a year. And, you know, I think our best efforts so far to communicating to people all over the world what we see and what we want to create and having women respond and say like, yes, I want to take that step. Um, I'm in it for the long haul. I don't want to just, you know, sit around and wait or think that it's going to come to me. I know that this takes a lot of years and, and experience and I'm ready. Mm-hmm. All right. We talked about some stuff, we think. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Yes. Uh, you can email us, Marin at IndieBirth.org and Margo at IndieBirth.org. <laughs>